Blog Talk Radio.
higher, Jehovah, the mighty God. And praise the Lord, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. Amen? We are a Christian, Protestant Internet Church, and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday evening and Friday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States, and whatever time that happens to be where you are on the globe. And we meet on Fridays at the same time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States. And we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're glad that you joined us. And thank you for inviting your friends, your family, your in-laws, your outlaws, whatever you happen to have. Amen? Praise the Lord. It's important for the body of Christ to come together in the name of the Lord especially in times like these, when it's hard to find God once you step out the front door. Amen? It's important for the body of Christ to come together and to fellowship around the word of God and to be filled with his spirit once again. We live in very dangerous and treacherous times, and it is extremely easy to fall off the side of the cliff. It's very easy. You don't have to be driving fast, just not paying much attention to where you're going. That's all that requires. So I want to encourage you uh, when you pray to ask the Lord to keep us all on his path. Amen? Keep us all on his path because some of us are uh, developing these dangerous side paths that can lead us to more problems than we've ever had before. And I do believe some of us are convinced that we've had all the problems we ever want to have in this life. Amen? So I want to to, uh, greet everyone who's new and everyone who's not new in the name of the Lord. And I'm Pastor Sabrina. Our website is www.com. MiracleInternetChurch.com That's MiracleInternetChurch.com If you would like to listen to our broadcast through your telephone uh, while we are live on the air and recording, that phone number is area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. When we are not on the air live, you may visit our website, MiracleInternetChurch.com, and go to our archive sermons and choose the sermon that the Holy Spirit would want you to listen to and listen then through your computer, through your tablet, however you choose to listen. Amen? If you're on a cell phone, you may access us 
through your browser at miracleinternetchurch.com. When the page comes up, at the top of the page, across a black background, will be three white lines. Press those three white lines. That's your link, and it opens up all the other links to you. Amen? Amen. You know, I was talking about the fact that some of us uh, open ourselves up to things in ignorance, and those very things can pull us right over the cliff, right over the cliff. It won't be the enemy pulling you out of God's hands. It'll be you going someplace you have no business being of your own free will. And Scientology is one of those places. Scientology is a set of beliefs and practices invented by American author L. Ron Hubbard and an associated movement. It is a cult, C-U-L-T, cult. It is a cult, and some think it's a business or a religious movement, but it's a cult. It is not Christian at all in any respect. I don't care if they bring a stack of Bibles in. They are not Christian. Any participation on any level is an open door to Satan. Any participation on any level is an open door to Satan. So if you're taking advice, from someone in Scientology on health matters, you have now opened the door to Satan. I wanted you to know that. You intended to do, but that's what you have actually done. Amen? Amen. So that now we all understand that no one needs to be confused at all. Everyone needs to understand that. You see, some of us get into things in ignorance. And we don't really know what we're getting into. But Pastor has taught you uh, to always do Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, every single day, all day long. Pastor has taught you to have the Holy Spirit vet every practice, every tradition, every association that you encounter. Now, if you choose not to do those things, if you choose not to do 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 and cast down imagination, well, you're liable to end up with a problem. But it will be because you chose not to obey the word of God. And that's usually how that happens. You choose not to obey the word of God. And that's what gets you into trouble that's hard to get out of. Amen? So I want to encourage you to practice Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. That's very important. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imagination. 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Every thought. Remember in the last fast we practiced binding our flesh, binding our thoughts, binding our emotions, binding our pride? Well, we need to keep doing it. Amen? We need to continue to do that. We were binding our own demons and binding our own childishness. Amen? We need to keep doing that. We need to keep up that practice because it will save your life. It will save your life. Amen? So I just wanted to bring that that point to you, that reminder to you, because some people seemingly have forgotten what we learned a little while ago, that it's important to stay on the path that God has for you and not to veer off. I know many of you like to get on the Internet and surf here, there, and everywhere. And you can surf yourself right into hell if you like. You think that YouTube is the place to go to find out all you want to know. Well, there's stuff on YouTube that can snatch your soul immediately. So I want to remind you that we've taught you what to do. It's up to you to choose to do it to you to choose to do it. Amen? God will help you, but now that you've been taught, you have to step out in obedience. Jesus is not coming down from heaven to knock on your front door to say, now you know better than that, don't you? You've already been taught. So he expects you now to obey. And that's not an unrealistic expectation. Amen? That's a life-changing dedication. Amen? So uh, I think we need to do what we know to be right. Because when we don't do What we know to be right, it is sin to us. Praise the Lord. It's sin to us. If you want to stay out of trouble, do what's right. Amen? Amen. You know, we talked Sunday a little bit about the different kind of people there are. And there are some people that seemingly have an inclination and a proclivity to get into certain kinds of trouble. However, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, will help everybody get out of trouble and stay out of trouble. Amen? Furthermore, it would be a wise thing to do if you would play the Holy Scriptures in your abode, wherever you live, 24-7. You don't have to blast it so that the people down the street can hear it. You just need it audible. 
It would also be wise if you don't go to sleep with a carnal TV running while you're falling asleep. It would be wise if you do not go to sleep with carnal TV running as you go to sleep. Why? Because you'll wake up with a demonic attack. That's why. As you sleep, the demons that are coming through the television will go right into you. You'll be in a passive position, and they will take advantage of it. And you say, well, why don't my angels just jump on them? Because you're the one that left carnal TV on. Amen. You're the one that left carnal TV on. Praise the Lord. You see, what you do has a lot to do with how well you sleep, too. Amen. So if you want to be attacked in your sleep, and if you want to have uh, attacks, just keep leaving carnal TV on. It will give you all the attacks that you need. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I hope that those few pointers have helped someone out. Amen. And if you go to stay with someone and, you know, you go to visit with relatives, and some of those relatives have idols in their home because they're ignorant. But, my dear, that idol does not have to stay in the room that you sleep in. That's right. It does not have to stay in the room where you sleep. And, yes, you can anoint the doorpost with a little bit of oil on the room that you sleep in. Praise God. God will uh, will give you some wisdom if you choose to use it. Amen? God will give you some wisdom if you choose to use it. So I suggest that you avail yourself to some wisdom of God. It'll take you a long way. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So... Enough for tips. Let's go before the Lord our God in prayer. Go before the Lord our God in prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now that's improvement. Thank you very much. That is improvement. I like to see you grow. You're going to make mistakes as you grow. All humans do, all people do, Christians do too. Amen? But keep growing. Keep growing. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you. Every opportunity to grow. Some of these opportunities don't feel too good, and we don't necessarily like them, nor enjoy them. But they're good for us. Just like fertilizer is good for a plant, correction 
and growth is good for us. We want to thank you for helping us. By the way, saints, before I go any further in this prayer, the Lord just reminded me of something he wants me to talk to you about. Now, I know that some of you go out to eat for that you work with. It's a part of your normal work day. But I want you to also think about it this way that when you sit down and partake of a meal with people, that's one of the steps that is involved in covenant making, in making a covenant with people. You see, in making covenants, there are several steps, all kinds of steps, depending on the covenant that's being made. But there's always an exchange of something back and forth. And the meal is a part of the covenant-making situation. So there's a scripture that I can't remember right this minute, but it will come to me later, where we're told don't even eat with such a person. Why? Because you're forming a covenant soul tie with that person when you're going to eat. So if you're out eating with people that have customs that are not Christian and that are not Protestant Christian, you're going to have to sever those soul ties and disannul those covenants when you go there. That's right. It's exactly what you have to do. If you're going to be around people who are not Protestant Christian, you're going to have to take some strategic action. You're going to have to disannul those covenants and you're going to have to sever those soul ties because this is what you will have if you don't do it. You will have their soul ties, their spirits, those demons, their traditions, their customs, whatever spirits they have, religious spirits, antichrist spirits, whatever they've got. It'll be flowing to you like a river. And it will soon latch on to parts of your soul. And you think that's you. No, it's not you. It's them. You just never cut loose. Those demons will grip on parts of your psyche, parts of your mind, parts of your thinking. And you'll begin to think along those lines when that's not the way you're supposed to be going. Amen? Whether you pay for it or they pay for it, it's a covenant. It's a soul tie. Amen? There, thank you. 1 Corinthians 5.11. 1 Corinthians 5.11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, covetous, or an idolater, or railer, or drunkard, or extortioner. Don't eat with that person. Amen? You're going to have to cut those folk off, or else you're going to traffic Just like people traffic in drugs, you're going to traffic those spirits home. 
You're going to traffic them home. They're going home to you. If you have pets, they're going into your pets too. If you have family members, those spirits are going into your family members. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I think I was about to pray, wasn't I? Heavenly Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of that. I've forgotten that for a moment. Thank you. Heavenly Father, in the if you have a family that's from a culture that is steeped in idolatry, you have to ask the Lord for special prayers for you to remain disconnected while you're with them. If you are connected to your family, you say you're going to visit your family, and they come from a culture that is steeped in idolatry, you have to fast before you go to visit them, and you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray so that you can remain disconnected from that culture and its idolatry. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Which is why at the end of the day, before you get in your car to go home, you need to disconnect from all those spirits you come in contact with. Because, yes, when you go flying into the house, you those spirits go into your pet, and then they'll be back into you, and then into the pet, and then back to you. Got it? All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the words of wisdom tonight. Sometimes we just need to be reminded, and some of us never knew before. If you remember from the Old Testament, the Lord did not allow them to associate socially with other groups of people. Why? Because spirits transfer that way. Spirits transfer that way through social contact. Remember, the scriptures tell us that words are spirit. Jesus said that to us. Amen? Amen. If you remember some of you, I don't know if you were raised that way, but your parents and your grandparents were very particular about who you associated with. That's what that's about. They don't want you picking up. Habits, behaviors, mindsets, customs, practices from the wrong kind of folks because they were raising you a certain way. And so when you would ask, well, why can't I do such and such like so-and-such says, and your mother said, because I'm your mother, that should have settled it right there. Amen? That's why when you went to junior high or middle school and started to want to associate with a different group of people other than what your parents approved of, they got on your case. 
They didn't just let you pick anybody from anywhere doing anything because there are all kinds of people in the world, and everybody isn't good. Parents need to set boundaries and guidelines for our young people so that they don't go off the pathway. There are all kinds of people in the world, and they'll just assume everybody's like everybody. No, that is not the case. It never has been. It never will be. Amen? And parents can't be so self-absorbed in their own world that they are not attention to what their young people are doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, I think maybe we can pray now. I'll try again. (laughs) Father, thank you for these admonitions of truth. The Lord says to tell you that you should seek his face before associating with people that you don't know. The Lord says that you should seek his face before associating with people that you don't know to a new job. And you just can't wait to be the friendliest person there. Uh, No, God didn't say do it that way. He said to seek him first before you get all comfy and social and friendly, friendly, friendly with people you don't know. Because witches, warlocks, and wizards are friendly too. Do we all understand that? Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless us all. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Lord says to say that he is serious about this. He is serious about this. This is not to be taken lightly at all. which tells me that there's somebody that's in danger right now because you haven't been practicing this. You can't have a study partner that the Holy Spirit has not approved. You can't have a lunch partner at work that the Holy Spirit has not approved. I didn't say that your opinion has approved, I said, God, the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can't have an exercise partner that the Holy Spirit has not approved. Amen? Not your opinion. Well, so-and-so says she's a Christian and she goes to church one more time that the Holy Spirit has approved. Amen? Amen. We all need to grow up. Amen? You just can't have buddies that the Holy Spirit hasn't approved. Didn't say you can't have any friends. Says the Holy Spirit must needs be approved them first. Amen? Praise the Lord. I hope we all got that down now. Now, if the Holy Spirit begins to tell you there are people in your family he wants you to pull away from, you need to do exactly what he said. 
and you don't need to hesitate and poke your mouth out and pout. You just need to be obedient. Amen? Amen. Pastor loves you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Praise the Lord. We want to thank you for your truth because the Bible says your truth will make us free. We thank you, Father, for giving us hearts and minds to love truth, to want to obey the truth, to want to obey you promptly so that we can quiet ourselves and listen to you and hear what you're saying to us. Lord, the transference of evil spirits can happen in a moment. Someone brushing up against you can transfer evil spirits from one to the other. So, Father, you wouldn't have us going around having excess physical contact with people that we know because you have already shown us that they are demon-possessed. So we thank you, Lord, for giving us ingenious ways of dealing with social situations. We want to thank you that you taught us to bind devils. We want to thank you that you taught us to disconnect. We want to thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. We want to thank you for the name of Jesus. We want to thank you for your love and your protection for us. Help us to obey you, Lord. Help us to obey your word and do exactly what the scriptures say, whether we like it or whether we don't. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We trust you, Lord, with our lives. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your warring linking angels, your praising angels, your ministering spirits. But most of all, we thank you for the love of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice for us that made all the difference in the world. Help us to walk in agreement with you, Lord, in agreement with you. Strengthen us so that we don't continually yield to our flesh and do what we think is right when that's not what pleases you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, cause us to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do we trust. Cause us to know the way wherein we should walk. For we lift up our soul unto thee. Teach us to do thy will, for you are our God. Your spirit is good. Lead us into the land of uprightness. Amen. Lead us into the land of uprightness. We thank you that you are shepherd and we shall not want. We cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We cast all of our cares upon you, Lord because we know that you care for us. We know that you care for us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
From our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his power. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places in Jesus' name. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks unto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, listeners, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, trolls, electronic, digital demons, technology demons and their attacks, electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We return these attacks to the devils. We bind all Leviathan spirits, Kundalini spirits, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, and womanizing, drone spirits, quartum spirits, their error and their attack. We bind all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attack. In the name of Jesus, we bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attack. We bind all pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation and artificial intelligence spirits, smart dust and drone spirits. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies and their attacks, the work of every druid, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons in Jesus' name. We bind all 5G, and all its ill effects in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all uh, weaponry coming off the satellites, off the cell towers, out of our cell phones, out of our television, out of our tablets, all of our electronic and techo devices in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind these things in Jesus' holy name. We forbid any devil to take from our memories what God said to us tonight in the name of Jesus. We seal that in, in Jesus' holy name. We bind all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, 
Australia, na radio New Zealand, na rikusa de brishata. Runda da breche de radio sola radio de riki Alaska, runda de radio sutorobre. Hawaiian, all the islands in the name of Jesus. Ala radio sutorobre. Reke de riburusha da radio sutorobre ki sidla radio. Tribal, rola radio. Indigenous groups, erko native groups. Ala radio ka. Runda da radio sende de brisha da broha baba baba kushe de rebare. And all other groups, all Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind every order of magic and mystic art, and we bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide and all free-flying devils, we bind all evil spirits which take animal forms. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in, the, in our culture. And we bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind forgetfulness in the name of Jesus Christ. All forgetfulness caused by witchcraft attacks we bind the attack and return it to the senders according to the covenant. In Jesus' name, all forgetfulness. They came through a witchcraft attack. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. We uproot it out of our lives in Jesus' name, and we return it from whence it came according to the covenant. In the name of Jesus Christ. We break your grip and hold in the name of Jesus. We break your grip and hold in Jesus' name. We break your grip and hold in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' holy name. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils and satanic worship and witchcraft dedications in Jesus' name. We bind all formations of bullflies, demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits and spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the growth, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind mammon and his agents in Jesus' name. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, monitor, track, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, assassinate, defile, divide, confound, attack, reproach, despise, undermine, corrupt, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose according to the covenant. 
We bind the bondage of generation of fools and the spirit of the fool and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. In the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, and Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, and la-la land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, Transcendental Meditation, Antichrist Ideologies and Doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic Spirits and Practices, Lewdness, Perversions, The Outworking of Vain Deceit, Death Spirits, Spirits of Destruction, Chaos and Mayhem, Oppression, Depression, Anarchy, Premonition, Clairvoyance, ESP, Telepathy, Psychokinesis, Out-of-Body Experiences, Reincarnation, Haunting, Poltergeist, Astral Travel, Psychic Healing, Demonic Meditation, Spirit guides, defilement by wizards, we bind you. In the name of Jesus, we bind the king of pride, all of his underlings, and we chain them with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and solely sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet and his 72, in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over the leadership, headship of the 72 nations where Baphomet is in control. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind their evil and their wickedness in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit into the hands of God the Holy Spirit. 
with no remedy in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Rule Lediasa. Yerki Haladi We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, and all of their powers in the name of Jesus Christ. And all associated organizations in the name of Jesus Christ. We undo the works of every demonic weapon, every fireball, poison, voodoo pins, and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and the like. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. Amen. Hallelujah. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind the work of errors in our lives. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head, according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. Father, we ask you to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Now I have to say something, saints. If you've been following your heart and your heart has led you because, oh, your heart is so soft, so broken, and so tender, and your heart has led you to do things that did not please Jesus, guess what? You need to go to Jesus with your heart and ask for his help. You need change in your heart. If following your heart and following your emotions and feelings, which you're not supposed to do, has gotten you into trouble, you need to go turn that heart in to your Savior and ask for his help. Amen? Amen. Because your heart is not supposed to lead you into sin. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, 
and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Cut ourselves free, Father, from every spirit that followed us from wherever we have been in Jesus' name. Even those spirits that came through our electronics, our computer, our cell phone, or whatever it may have been, even the company's computer, we cut ourselves free from it in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we go to these state um, uh, offices, Lord, and we have to have pictures taken and fingerprints taken, we plead the blood of Jesus over whatever impression, whatever print, anything that resembled us, any part of our DNA. Anywhere we have to go, Lord, where some of our DNA is left behind. We disconnect in Jesus' name. We disconnect in Jesus' name. We disconnect in the name of Jesus. We disconnect in Jesus' name. Jesus be a fence around us every day. All these dentist's office, doctor's office, and other places that we go, Lord, where our DNA gets left behind either because of some procedure or inadvertently. We plead the blood of Jesus over ourselves, and we disconnect in Jesus' name. We forbid any spirit or entity to go back and pick up that that should not be picked up, to use it against us in warfare, to use it against us in the occult activities, to use it against us in witchcraft, in Jesus' name. We call for the judgment of the righteous judge in the name of Jesus Christ. We call for the judgment of the righteous judge in Jesus' holy name. Father, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We cover our mode of transportation, and we take authority, dominion, and power over any spirit or entity or animal or being that would cross the road in our path. We ask, Father, that if we end up in a traffic jam, that you give us a way out, a way of escape so that we are not in someplace that we ought not to be inadvertently. In Jesus' holy name. We cover every form that we have to fill out, whether it's on a computer 
on a piece of paper. We cover it with the blood of Jesus. All of our personal information, we submerge it under the blood of Jesus. Our personal credit card numbers and bank card numbers and other important numbers that pertain to our personal lives. We submerge them under the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. And we take them back out of the hands of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of you who insist on talking into your cell phone, you need to take your voice imagery back in Jesus' name. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons of the night, the bad dreams, the nightmares, the bad food dreams, the sex dreams, anything or anyone getting into our dreams any poison that was fed to us in our dreams, we command it to come up and out now in Jesus' name. Any poisons, Amen. We thank you for the fiery wall of protection, Father. We pull out all voodoo pins, fiery darts, needles, spears, anything from voodoo or hoodoo and witchcraft, all curses, and we return it from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the covenant. We thank you, Lord. We bind the devils in the heavenlies in the bush, and we close and seal every open doors to the demons, especially those made by the devil, with the devil by our ancestors in Jesus' name. Any covenant, any pact, any agreement made with the devil by our ancestors. We disavow it and we nullify it now in the name of Jesus Christ. We disavow it and we nullify it. We sever it from ourselves forevermore in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid any spirit to attempt to reenact it or reactivate it in Jesus' name. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down and destroy walls of protection around witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, globalists, nanobots, shamans, sorcerers, divinators, soothsayers, and such. 
We break the power of all love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, witchcraft, psychic thoughts and prayers, fetishes, magic, sorcery spells, voodoo, mind control, potions, bewitchments, death, sickness, destruction, torment, pain, all psychic warfare, psychic powers, prayers, prayer chains, incense and candle burnings, ungodly chanting, incantations, hoodoo, crystals, uh, candle burning, tribal ritual sins, and root works, and anything else being sent to us from the demonic realm. We break your grip and hold in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no power over us. We break the powers of wizardry over us, powers of sorcery over us, and all the spirits that support those devils in Jesus' name. And we release the power in the name of Jesus over every member of Miracle Outreach Ministries in Jesus' holy name. Now, if you came in late, you missed the announcement, and so I'll try to give it to you again in short, in brief. We are not allowed as Christians to participate in any practice, any activity, any tradition, any custom, uh, invite people or activities into our personal lives and spaces that has not been vetted by God the Holy Spirit. If he didn't give a clearance, you need to get one. If you can't get one, you need to make some changes in Jesus' name. Now, also the other announcement is, if you were missing it, is that uh, Scientology, it was invented by L. Ron Hubbard and his group. It is not holy in any way. It is 100% anti-Christian in the name of Jesus. And any association with it at all, even on the most minute level, is an open door to Satan. If you're uh, listening to somebody that's a Scientologist on the radio, you've got open doors to Satan. If you're taking their advice for any reason under any circumstances, you have an open door to Satan. So, I would encourage you to uh, do Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, as we have taught. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, casting down every imagination in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We don't need to fall off the cliff and lose our salvation. Amen? Because just as certainly as you make the connection, the devil is going to take advantage of it. That's what he does and destroy in Jesus' name. Amen? So those of you that may have heard of Scientology or had a brush with it, unbrush it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Woo, that is a lot, Jesus. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. So tonight, we're going to attempt, and I do mean attempt, to finish the sermon on the chosen one that we started uh, not too long ago. started a sermon on God's chosen ones and his elect, and we discovered that chosen and elect meant that we were selected. And we talked about how we got selected. We discussed that before creation began, 
the Father determined that all of those who chose to receive his son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, would receive certain blessings and favors and graces. We talked about the fact that there is people who consider themselves to be Christians that teach this the wrong way. They teach basically that God knew over time and decided to pick certain people out and make them his chosen, and that means everybody else is just going to go to hell. Well, that's not the way it went, okay? How it went is this way. The father determined before he ever began the creation, before man was ever birthed, before he was created, that those that would receive his son, Jesus Christ, that they would receive certain blessings, certain graces, and certain favors from God Almighty. And it just so happens that because our Heavenly Father knows everything, he knows who will and who won't, but he's not publishing the list. Amen. I think we had made it that far before. So we were saying, Let's see, exactly where did we live, our Father? So we explained all of that, and we explained that God's building a building, and it's made up of his saints. It's a habitation for the Spirit of God. Amen? And all of us that have chosen Jesus Christ and received him as our Lord and personal Savior are part of the elect of God, amen, were the chosen of God. We talked about the fact that the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse uh, 10, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, that I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Uh, Paul knew there were certain people elected and chosen from the foundation of the world to respond to his preaching and his teaching. Though the vast majority of people would reject his message, so he went through what he went through to reach those people, whomever they might happen to be, that would be open to the gospel and receive the gospel message. Amen? I believe we made it this far. This simply means that God knows the end from the beginning and that his counsel will stand. God knows the end from the beginning and he knows how things will will work out. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Paul was encouraged to endure any necessary persecution or affliction because he knew God's original plan was not going to fail, because God can't fail, amen? There's no failure in him. So after we talked about that for a while, I'm trying to do the review kind of fast. Amen, we got that far. Okay, praise the Lord. God knew 
All right, we covered that. Good. By being elected, God firmly and irrevocably chose from the foundation those who would eventually choose an elect of their own free will later to respond to his call. We agreed as we went through our teaching that the difference between a natural building and the building that God has is that natural buildings are just made of natural materials. This building that God is building is made up of holy souls. And man has a free will. He can decide whether he wants to do what God says or not. We have this thing called a free will or freedom of choice. It is a gift from God. God does not force us to do things. We choose to do them. He didn't want robots. He wanted people who of their own free will chose to do things, chose to obey him. And we discussed the fact that life has less meaning if we had a God that just dictated to us everything and we had no input. Well, that's not the way God wanted it. He wanted us to have input. He wanted us to choose from what he was saying to us to do. Amen? He wanted us to have some input in the matter. So there's this blending of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. There is this blend, and there are lines of demarcation. That's right. There are places, I remember I came upon this place many years ago. I was having to do something that I absolutely positively did not want to do no matter what. But it was the will of God for me to do it. And so as this process was taking place, I kept asking the Lord, well, why do I have to do this thing that I don't want to do? And so he answered me. He said, because I am sovereign. And that was the end of that conversation. It was time for me to be quiet. Amen? Amen. It was time for me to accept the will of God and stop pouting. And some of you have to come to that place too. You have to come to the place where you realize God is God, he is in control, and we and he has lordship in our lives. We signed up for it willingly because we wanted our souls saved. And so we made him the lord and ruler of our lives. And so when he says it's this way, then that's the way it is. Amen. Some of us haven't come to the place that we're willing to fully submit to God, but we must arrive. Amen. We must arrive at that place. The Bible says that, okay, we're there. All right, God, we got it. We talked about the fact that the Bible says that God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, before the world began. That was in Second Timothy 
chapter 1, verse 9. In other words, before any of the natural creation existed, God gave each of his elect and chosen sons and daughters a general as well as a specific purpose. We have purpose in our lives. God gave us grace in advance to fulfill that purpose. And no, he doesn't tell you what it all is at one time. This is a step-by-step, moment-by-moment, as we walk with him kind of experience. God anticipated every trial and every opposition that we would ever face, and from the beginning, he gave us an ample amount of grace to come forth from all these circumstances and to victoriously fulfill his plan for our lives. We discovered that. Amen. Therefore, as a result of this, we will never face anything in life out of which we cannot emerge as conquerors if we tap into that which is rightfully ours. Remember, we talked about God's grace being sufficient for us. God uh, called and ordained for us in advance certain works that we should perform in his name. So he sealed us into success by giving us the grace, the divine enablement to fulfill each task from the foundation of the world. We went to Ephesians 2.10, and we discovered that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Amen? We are his workmanship. So we learned that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We learned in Romans 8.31, what greater proof of ultimate victory could we discuss, could we ask for or hope for? God is for us, so who can be against us? Jesus was elected and ordained from the beginning to face Calvary and rise from the grave three days later because he was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. He was a lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. We can't ignore the fact, we cannot ignore the fact that he could have rebelled against this election, just as we can. But instead, he chose to go to Gethsemane and by the grace of God to taste death for every man. He had to receive the grace, just like we have to do, to endure what seemed impossible to endure. He had to make a choice, just like we have to make choices. Amen? So we came to understand that in these manners, our lives parallel the Lord Jesus's. No matter how difficult it seems to be, we can fulfill God's design for our lives because it's what we were cut out for. It's what we're here for. We're called into the kingdom for such a time as this. You said, well, you know, we could have lived at another time when things were better and such and such. No, we're here for a purpose. We are the ones that are called to be here during this time of upheaval unrest as we're approaching the time where the Antichrist will be unveiled to the whole world. We're called to be here right now. 
So we can't go around sticking our heads in the sand, pretending that all the bad stuff is going to go away. No, we're called to be warriors. We're called to be prayer warriors. We're called to fight for God's cause in Jesus' name. That's who we are, and that's what we are to do. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what we are to do in Jesus' holy name. Praise the Lord. So, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Amen? God definitely does have an ordained people that he has created for the purpose of receiving his mercy and his grace in order to reveal that side of his nature eternally. God definitely does have an ordained plan involving certain key chosen and ordained figures who are quite evidently chosen by God in a more manifest and profound way. They were chosen this way before they ever came forth from the womb. Paul was one of those persons, and I think that we can see that. Paul was one of those persons. Paul was one of those persons. Stephen was one of those persons. And we could go on. Moses was one of those persons. Abraham was one of those persons. And the list goes on and on. Amen. So we closed up last time on Acts chapter 1. And so Acts chapter 9, correction. Acts chapter 9. Let me see if I can get there myself first. We discovered that in Romans chapter 9, verse 11, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, no, you can't earn this, but of him that calleth. So then, let's go to Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1, and we will see what happened to Saul of Tarsus, how he discovered how set apart he really really was. And Saul, yet breathing out, Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, the same Damascus that's in Syria now, same place, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, Way. That's what it was called That's what Christianity, early Christianity was called It was called the way Whether they were men or women He might bring them bound into Jerusalem And as he journeyed he came near Damascus 
and suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Rise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Verse 7, And the men journeyed, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. He had authority from the chief priests in Jerusalem to uh, arrest all those that called on the name of Jesus. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So along with being chosen comes some suffering. We talked about that on Sunday. No, it was not Paul's choice to find Jesus. Rather, it was God's predetermined choice to find Paul and to bring him into the revelation of and the fulfillment of the divine plan for his life. Amen? So, therefore, in the light of this truth, we arrive at a certain conclusion that there are some persons God elects in advance to eventually accept and receive at their request. See, their will is involved. They have to choose. While others God elects in advance to ultimately manifest himself to, whether they request it or not, for he knows their heart. Some people don't know to request. Okay? There are people who want God but don't know what to say and don't know that they need to say anything. Amen? So he's made a way for those persons too. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. 
Neither is there any creature that is not manifest or made plain in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Everything about us, open and naked before God. There are no secrets. Amen? Amen. First Kings chapter 8, verse 39. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 39. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and do, and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. Amen? Acts chapter 1, verse 24. Acts chapter 1, verse 24. Now, this is when they had to choose another disciple because Judas was no longer with them. And so they prayed, the verse says. Acts chapter 1, verse 24. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the heart of all men, God knows the heart of everybody, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. They wanted to know what the Father's will was, and that's what they did. Both of these are true and valid descriptions of the way that God moves and deals with human beings. And they are both proven out in Scripture. So it must be said that a correct view of divine election or divine choosing will always include both of these definitions of the same term. For both of these complements are complementary to the point of being inseparable. That means that God, um, we just talked about it, that he manifests himself to some people because they can't go any further. They don't know anymore. They're like, on duh, you know? They're like, okay, God, whoever you are. And God has to intervene, okay? And there are others that have some level of knowledge, and we choose, and God is there. I think that makes sense to everybody. We know that God is not willing that any should perish. Amen? We know that God is not willing that any should perish. That's in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? Amen. We know that he said, Look to me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. Isaiah forty-five twenty-two. Isaiah forty-five twenty-two. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. Amen? Amen. We know that the Bible did not say God so loved the elect that he gave his son. Rather, it declares loud and clear, God so loved the world, he loves us all. But he knows who's going to come along and who's not going to. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, most of us chose at some point to be a whosoever. Amen? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. But we also know that God often seeks out Certain individuals, as he did in the case of Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. With a bold display of power and what seems to be an overwhelming revelation of himself. This is God's choosing, it's his prerogative. He can make such a decision and predetermine such a purpose if he so chooses. Amen? Amen. Though it doesn't always appear to work this way, still many of us could reach the same conclusion concerning our initial visitation and uh, thereafter revelations that we have received from God. It was not so much our choice to find him, It was rather his choice, his election, to find us. And yet still intertwined in the whole affair is that personal and weighty responsibility on our part to willingly surrender. You know there are people that God has approached that turned him down. There are. Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Amen. It is our responsibility, our part, to willingly surrender. This is all more easily understood when we see that the nation of Israel had waited prayerfully hundreds of years for the coming of the Messiah. It was their choice to see this Christ. They wanted him to lead the Jewish nation back to her former glory. Because in the scriptures in Isaiah 58, he was referred to as the repairer of the breach, 
the restorer of paths to to dwell in. That's in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. They diligently searched the scriptures for clues concerning his coming. They fully expected to receive him. They fully intended to, intended to surrender to his authority. They fully intended to follow him and worship him. But when he finally did come, when their Messiah did show up, it is apparent that a great majority were instead offended at him. A lot of them were offended at him and did not receive him. It was their time of visitation. And many of them closed their hearts and their minds to Jesus. They didn't like his relationship with sinners. Mm -hmm. They didn't like how he interacted with sinners. They didn't like that. They didn't like his bold defiance of certain Jewish laws and customs. They didn't like that either. They didn't understand his parables and the depth of his preaching. They were blind to many of the truths that he unveiled. They were upset with him if he was supposed to be the son of God, which they tried to stone him for on more than one occasion, because he didn't raise up an army and deliver them from the Romans. He didn't, he didn't jump into, into the natural politics of the day and do it that way. That's what they wanted. That's what they expected. Instead, he was preaching that we should love our enemy. They didn't like that either. So they were alarmed at the way he publicly told them about their hypocrisy and their conduct. They didn't like being upbraided publicly. They wanted to be highly respected of all the people and venerated. They didn't like being told off. And he got on their case about their unbelief. They didn't like that either. That sword that proceeded out of his mouth, that same two-edged sword that we received, evidently cut too deeply for them. He exposed their hypocrisies, and he tore down their religious facade, all their pretentiousness, all their fakery. They didn't like that. He was not what the Israelites had expected and certainly not the one they wanted. So instead of them welcoming the gift of God to them, it turned out quite differently. Instead of gratefully falling at his feet in adoration, they screamed out against him, crucify him, crucify him. 
They declared he was an imposter, and they put him to death. Amen? They even uh, intimidated the Roman officials to see to it that it was done. They decided they wanted Barabbas instead, a thief full against him. They were also jealous and envious of his many miracles and the fact that he cast out devils. You see, it caused a great big problem to them. So they didn't get what they wanted. However, the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Let's go to Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. You see, when God comes by and you continually reject him, it gets harder and harder and harder for you to receive him. You see this in church and particularly to some degree in denominational churches where somebody's been coming to church for decades and they still haven't received Jesus. They're so entrenched in the way they think, what they want to believe. They they don't believe all the scriptures. They believe the ones they want to believe. Very few of them. But they would have you think that they know them all and do them all. And as these people are nearing death, they're coming to the close of their lives, it is hard for them to receive Jesus Christ because they have put him off so many times. They are stiffened in their pride, rebellion, and stubbornness. It's a pity. And they always have these hypocritical um scornful, fault-finding kinds of things to say. But it's not going to help them one bit. It's a sad thing to see. Amen. It's a sad, very, very sad thing to see. Though the Jews were a part of God's elect natural nation, Still many of them missed the key to their salvation. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, did not submit themselves unto the righteousness of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse Romans chapter 10, verse 3. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 3. For they being ignorant, now I'm certain as I'm reading this scripture that all of you know of somebody or most of you know of somebody that fits this scripture. For they being ignorant, lack of knowledge of God's righteousness, what God requires, and going about to establish their own righteousness according to their opinions, what they think, and what they have decided to believe, what they've heard, whether they understood what they were hearing or not, this is what they've decided. Mm. Amen. This is what they've decided it's going to be. And some of them are so arrogant as to tell you, well, I follow the God of my understanding. Well, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible. These persons have not submitted themselves Unto the righteousness. See, there's a submitting of yourself. It's voluntary. It's a whosoever will thing. Amen? Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You see, there are people who think that all they have to do is say the sinner's prayer. And that's all they're going to do. They're not going to do one more thing. And whatever else they've done since that time, even if it was decades ago, God's just going to forgive it, and they're going to automatically go to heaven, whether they ever pray another prayer or not, because they got that settled with God a long time ago when they prayed a sinner's prayer one time. Now, saints, it just doesn't work that way. As I told them at my mother's funeral, your repentance must be current. Your repentance must be current. I'm sure some of them were shocked to hear that. Amen. They did not submit themselves unto the righteousness of God, the plan, the purpose, purpose, and present revelation of the new covenant. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, and Jesus said, you must be born again. They didn't do that. But God had a select number of Jews and Gentiles foreknown from the beginning whose eyes had to see and whose ears had to hear. And they had their visitation. And that's the way this works. That's the way it works. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. God says, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am sought of them that ask not for me. 
I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. All Gentiles should shout about right now. Amen. So, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 33. Romans chapter beginning with verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. It's God that says, okay, their sins have been washed away. So who's going to come and condemn anybody? God is the one who says, these people that receive Jesus Christ, I'm washing their sins away in his blood. That's the way this is going. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yes, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Not only have our sins been washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, seated on his throne, is making intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. Amen. To be justified is to be counted righteous in the presence of God to be accepted as clean and unrebukable, just as if we had never sinned, free from condemnation. Let me give you that again. To be justified means is to be counted righteous in the presence of God, to be accepted as clean and unrebukable, just as if we had never sinned, free from condemnation. That's what Jesus did for us. This divine act of justification is a predetermined gift of God that comes at the precise moment that that regeneration and salvation comes to a repentant sinner. When we receive the Lord, This divine act of justification happens in our lives. Not just when we repeat the words, when the words and the heart uh, come together and the spirit is regenerated, is renewed, reconnected to God. Amen. It is maintained in the daily walk of every sincere believer Through the indwelling of the Spirit, the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ, and through Jesus' ministry of intercession on our behalf. Amen. This is a wonderful truth. It's a heritage for those he calls his chosen. Amen. God has done great things for us. We are forgiven. Our sins have been blotted out. We are clean and holy in his sight. And the past has no authority over us. 
let me say that part again. The past has no authority over us. So you can't keep reaching back, talking about what happened back then as a reason for you to stay bound. Amen. I'll let you think about that one. The accuser of the brethren, the devil, may try to condemn us and accuse us, but his efforts are in vain. He cannot undo what God has graciously done. We trust in the Savior of the world who came for the purpose of forgiving us, delivering us, restoring us, transforming us, and building hope in us. We trust, I'll give it to you again, in the Savior of the world who came for the purpose of forgiving us, delivering us, restoring us, transforming us, and building hope in us. We admit that we are not totally free from pressure at this moment. In fact, the pressure may be greater in some ways now than it was before we were saved because spiritual warfare really begins in full force after salvation because it's after salvation that we become a threat to the devil. Ah, that's why there is no such thing as a day that you can get up and do no spiritual warfare. You have become a threat to the devil since you received Jesus Christ, since the Holy Spirit infilled you, and he's coming for you. So if you think you can leave your armor off and not, have your armor there. You don't have to put your shield up. You don't have to bind devils. You don't have to do this, that, and the other. The devil will capture you. Amen. We are buffeted on every side. We are the target of powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and high places. Casting down we know about. There are times when we become weak and weary and overwhelmed by the continual barrage of trials, tribulations, and temptations. However, Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 7. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 7. Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 18, beginning with verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? I can't answer that one for you. I have answered it for me. You have to answer that one. Amen? Shall he find faith 
on the earth. So, yes, Jesus will fight our battles for us. Jesus will not fail nor forsake his ordained, his called, his elect. For all things have been created for our sake. The universe, all the events in the realm of time, revolve around God's eternal purpose in his elect people. So without a doubt, strength is on our side. In the days of Elijah the prophet, almost all of the Jews were being carried away into idolatry and apostasy. That meant they were worshiping idols and falling away from God as fast as they could. God spoke and declared, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to the image of Baal. That's in Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 4. Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 4. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. These men, excuse me, were exclusively selected, reserved, preserved, and preferred by God himself. They did not compromise, for God in advance gave them the unction to have an aptitude and a spirit different from the rest. Some of you are baffled as to why you don't fit in. You're not supposed to. You've been called out to belong to God. I know I did that in college. I tried to fit in with what all everybody else was doing, and it just didn't work for me. It took a while for me to realize that I just didn't belong with that group. Amen. Amen. And there are some because they are teenagers and they are young people and they're trying to go through this self-identification kind of process and figure out who they are and where they fit in the universe. And so they want to fit in this group or in that group or in the other group. You don't fit but one place, the kingdom of God. That's where you belong. And the sooner you come to that understanding, the better it will be for you. You will no longer feel the pressure to try to fit in places where you just do not belong. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. In fact, in verse 5, it says, We're still at Romans chapter 11, and we're going to verse 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. A remnant. You know, think about cloth, bolts of cloth. And there's a piece of the cloth that's set aside. That's a remnant. There's a piece of that cloth. The rest of the bolt has been 
pushed away for some other purpose. But there's a section of that cloth that's been separated from the bolt and laid aside. That's what a remnant is. Amen? Set aside to God. God always has a remnant in every era that he preserves. An elect chosen people who are foreknown and called out by God to be different from the mainstream of humanity. And at this present time, different from even the mainstream of what is commonly called Christianity. And so are we. We're different from the world, and we're different from a lot of Christianity. They don't believe the things we believe, and they don't do the things we do. Especially now, in the last days, this is true. For deception is going to increase, and the human race is going to continue to polarize, going to one extreme or the other. Persons will either totally be overwhelmed by darkness or fully walking in the light of God. There's a separation going on. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a separation going on. Jesus forewarned that in this hour there shall arise, Matthew 24, 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. But God has given grace. God has released his grace to his elect. Amen. God has released his grace. But we must say that the very elect of the last days will not be deceived. It will be utterly impossible for them to be seduced by doctrines of devils. Amen? They will have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to lead them and guide them into all truth, and he will not fail them. So as we began tonight, with me encouraging you to do Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, to have every association, every practice, every whatever it is you're bringing into your life vetted by God the Holy Spirit. It's essential for your survival as a Christian during this hour to do these things. You know, in less than a year, things that you're doing now, you're not going to be able to do them. Because if you do, you'll backslide. Amen. It's like there's this dark, dark, dark cloud coming. And some people 
have recognized there's a dark cloud coming, and they just say, okay, somewhere it's going to rain. There's going to be a bad storm. But other people see the dark cloud coming, and they say it's a dark cloud coming, but it's also coming this way. Some people are making preparation for when it arrives. Other people are ignoring it. The human race is going to reel under the devastating impact of judgment blows from the throne of God. Famines, plagues, natural disasters and disturbances, and eventually we'll most likely have a nuclear war. You hear all of these stirrings going on even now. You see, you can't stay um, babyish in your attitudes, in your thinking, and in your emotions. You must needs be mature. This is growing up time. Because when it's time to deal with the situations that are coming on the earth, you can't be sitting there doing that crybaby number. That's not going to work. You can't be sitting there talking about your feelings. That's not going to work. You've got to be ready and walking in the spirit. You can't be indulging the flesh the way you've been doing all along. That won't work. Jesus warned us, except those days should be shortened, should no flesh be saved. Matthew chapter 24, verse 22. In fact, you should already be there. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But then right at the critical moment when it seems that all hope is gone, Jesus will send his angels. And with the great sound of a trumpet, they shall gather together his elect from one end of heaven to the other. He's going to call his elect together. Amen? Praise the Lord. Regardless of what comes, there is one thing for certain. Jesus will always grant a generous and bountiful supply of grace to meet the needs of his chosen. He's not going to abandon us. But we can't be foolish either. He said for us to walk circumspectly, not as fools. Circumspectly, not as fools. And he meant that. He's very serious about it. Circumspectly, that means you can't just sit there with your head in la-la land. You have to pay attention to what's going on around you. I know that there are people who don't want to deal with the prayer at the end. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13. 
15, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Not as fools, but as wise. They don't want to deal with all of these adjudications and so on and so forth, but you cannot stick your head in the sand, saints. That's not going to work. You were not called into the kingdom to stick your head in the dirt and say, oh, I don't want to hear about that politics, and oh, I don't want to hear about this, and oh, I don't want to hear about that, and I don't want to know what the truth is about COVID, and I don't want to know what the globalists are doing. I don't want it. That affects everybody's life that's here on the planet. You live in a nation, it affects you. It affects those around you. We've got to deal with it. That's why we're here. Amen? The Bible said that God is able. Yes, he is. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound, not just come, abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God's able to to release his grace to you to such an extent that you have sufficiency all the time and everything that you can abound in every good work. Remember, grace is a divine ability that gives us strength to stand, but it is also unmerited love that will pick us up and restore us if we happen to falter. To abound is to have more than enough. To have a sufficiency is to have just enough. Amen? In this scripture, Paul was boasting that God will, that the God we serve will supply to his chosen people more than enough grace to make sure that we have just enough. This is a faith-filled fact that should send us into gratitude to our Lord. But we, but still we must remember that God only gives his grace to the humble and the sincere. Being elected of God is not a free ticket to heaven, regardless of the lifestyle of the believer. You can't just live any old way you want. You have to confirm your love for Christ by how you live. Amen? Neither does the election of God make a proud, egotistical, arrogant, self-centered, or self-assured attitude excusable. Being a part of the elect does not guarantee that you just have it made and you can keep whatever fleshly sins you want to keep. Sorry. 
That's just not the way it works. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. See, God describes us right there. We're the elect of God. We're holy and beloved. Put on bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, better known as putting up with one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So as Jesus forgave you, you forgive others. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are elect to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. That's right. Unto obedience. First Peter chapter one verse two. First Peter chapter one verse two. First Peter chapter one verse two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Amen. We're sanctified unto obedience. That's right. We're set apart to God unto obedience. Amen. That's important. That's very important. In other words, the completion and fulfillment of our election hinges on our willingness to obey God. The completion and fulfillment of our election hinges on our willingness to obey God, maintaining a a melted, submitted spirit before the Lord, a broken and a contrite heart of the ordination of God by allowing our hearts to become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. But even then, God will go to extreme measures to preserve his own. If necessary, God will even send major chastisements to bring an elect person back to the conviction of sin and a sincere commitment to God. Amen? Amen. We believe these scriptural truths wholeheartedly, but we also believe that no person should seek to live haphazardly and then try to claim and take advantage of these sacred promises. We cannot use or abuse God's goodness. We recognize that even if backslidden believers return and repent, they still forfeit a certain portion of their potential reward. Some of their works are burned up. 
The Bible says that they are saved, yet so as by fire. That means the fiery trial that it takes to stir them and spur them into consecrating their lives again. The fi- Notice it's a fiery trial. It's a fiery trial. Not just any trial, it's a fiery trial. I know that didn't sound good, but that's just the truth. It's a fiery trial. They have to have some some serious problems for them to finally get it together. There are people that way. We talked about it Sunday. There are believers that are that way. It takes a fiery trial to get them to, to change and to repent and to forsake their sin and to make the effort to get things right with God. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. Amen. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy which temple ye are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Still, in light of these facts, we can come to a conclusion. It is definitely possible for an elect son or daughter of God to be lost, but not something to be expected. For Jesus has said to us, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. No, nobody's going to pluck you out, but nobody tells you to up and leave Jesus either. You know that self-will thing? It's a dangerous thing. Amen. When Jesus prayed... For us in John 17, he said, Father, those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, except, of course, Judas. But even with statements like these, still Peter sternly exhorts every one of us concerning our personal responsibility, saying, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Amen. We must maintain a spirit of faith, keep our hearts melted in humility before the Lord, and always be zealous to actively pursue the work for which we have been called to do. Before our Father Amen 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 Praise the Lord See we're loved of God But we got to live like that In Second Peter 1.10 He says Wherefore the rather brethren Give diligence to make your calling And election sure 
For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Praise God. Amen, amen, and amen. I think I'm going to recast this too. I think we all need to. But right now, we're going to pray a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's been a flood in Kentucky. And it's led to dozens of deaths and a lot of flooding. Father, our hearts go out to the people in this area. There was a storm that came in for several days in a row. And it repeatedly moved over the same region in a short period of time. It said that these kind of storms drop heavy rain that leads to flash flooding. And the rainfall rates can reach up to four inches per hour at times. So last week sometime, this is pretty much what happened in Kentucky. Amen. And, Father, we ask you to have mercy on them. Extend your mercy and your grace to them, Lord. Many of them have lost their homes. And the understanding is that they've had um, estimates as up to as much as 16 inches of rain that fell in a five-day period of time. Some of them, their entire house washed away. Some of them, their whole community washed away. And they weren't quite prepared for this because this is kind of storm usually doesn't come along, but maybe once every hundred years, but that's not the way things are going now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up every person in that area and every person that's affected and every person that has family, friends, loved ones, relatives in that area, and they can't get in contact with them. There's no cell phone coverage. There's no telephone. They can't get in contact with them at all, Father. We ask you, Father, to have them to pray for the ones they love, the ones they're concerned about, with your peace in their hearts and in their minds. We want to thank you, Father, for providing everything that the people need in the name of Jesus. We command the floodwaters to reside, to come down. We command them to move out so that the people can go on with their lives. We ask you, Father, to give compassionate persons from the insurance company. Some of these people never made enough to have insurance, so they don't have anything. Some of them couldn't afford national flood insurance. So, Lord, we ask you to make a way for them as well in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Father, to take care of them, to watch over them. Those that have lost family members, Father, we ask you to touch their hearts and their lives and not only comfort them, but help them to get the practical things of life done concerning the death of their loved one that needs to take place. We ask you, Father, to send in the needed support from all the utilities uh, that need to come in, Father, from all the helpers from all the other states and all the other places and all the, um, the volunteers 
to organize them and to have them to assemble to help the people, help them to find everyone, Father, in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, to stop the rain, to stop the rain. Let this water go where it needs to go, Lord, but stop the rain so that the people can recover. We ask you to hold back every mudslide that's potentially going to happen and be devastating in Jesus' name. We ask for your hand, Father, to go right over that area. Rulla la dio son de broca de de rulla la dio son de broca de de rulla la dio son de broca de de rulla la dio son de 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 rulla rulla la dio son de de dio son de dio son de de dio de de dio son de dio son Urla le sete rukusa da rabreka de lirioso la de do da rabroka bababa koshite renda rabroka di di sete rabroka tiribasi. Father, this is a poor community where this um, devastation happened. And the last count that I recall is about 37 people that they uh, believe to be dead or deceased, Father. We ask that you supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory. And, Lord, protect the lives of those that are going in to help out, those workers, those volunteers, uh, those state persons that are going in to help the victims of the flooding, Lord. Protect their lives. Give leadership to their governor. And we ask you, Father, to be with them. Amen. Our prayers are with them, Lord. And we're going to continue to pray for them in Jesus' name. We're going to continue to pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue to pray for them in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord, for the lives that were spared. We want you, Lord, to send some encouragement. Hey, hallelujah. They look around and they see devastation everywhere. They barely, some of them barely got out with their lives. And they're just overwhelmed right now, Father. But we ask for your spirit of hope to take hold of them, Father, in the name of Jesus. And help them to know that you will help them through this tragedy. And through every situation, every moment of every day, they'll go a little bit further toward the completion and the end of this tragedy. We ask you, Father, to turn it into a blessing for them in the name of Jesus. Only you can do that. We ask you to turn it into a blessing for them, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that only you can do these things. But we thank you that we know the God who can and who will. Amen? Can and who will. We want to thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. 
we give you honor. We lift up even the smallest child to you, Lord, who can't figure out what's going on. They just know something's wrong. Give them some peace, Lord. Give them some peace. Give them peace. Give them someplace dry to sleep, some food to eat, something to keep them warm enough so that they don't get sick, Lord. We ask you to keep them healthy during this time. We ask you to keep them healthy, Father, during this time. We bind the spread of disease and illness and bacteria in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you. Amen. We want to thank you. Praise the Lord. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning family members of some of the people killed or wounded during a 2019 shooting at a California Garlic Festival are suing the companies that distributed the rifle used in the attack, saying they did not make take sufficient care to prevent misuse of the firearm. Two similar lawsuits filed in U.S. District Court in Vermont on July 28th alleged that manufacturer Century International Arms and Romanian firearm producer Romarm failed to adopt reasonable safeguards that enable the dangerous individual operating in and around California legally acquire the firearm in Nevada, take it to California, and use it in the attack at the Gilroy Garlic Festival that killed three and wounded 17. Defendants knowingly breached the duty to exercise the highest degree of reasonable care in preventing the diversion of firearms to dangerous actors that they had voluntarily assumed when they entered the the firearm business, said the lawsuits, filed on the third anniversary of the shooting. The suit says the Sentry Arms may have also violated Vermont laws that prohibit large-capacity magazines. Sentry Arms is based in Delray Beach, Florida, but it has a facility in Georgia and in Vermont where the roll rom arm firearms listed on the company's website as AK-style rifles are modified to comply with U.S. law, according to the lawsuit. Century Arms did not respond to a phone message seeking comment, nor did Romarm respond to an email. In most cases, federal law shields gun makers from liability, but that could be changing. Earlier this year, the families of nine victims of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting agreed to a $73 million settlement of a lawsuit against the maker of the rifle used to kill 21st graders and six educators in 2012. In June, in the aftermath of the mass shooting, killed 19 students and two teachers, uh, Biden called on Congress to end outrageous protections for gun manufacturers, which severely limit their liability over how their firearms are used, compared 
comparing it to the tobacco industry, which has faced repeated litigation over its product role in causing cancer and other diseases. In the aftermath of the Garlic Festival shooting, Gilroy police said the shooter fired 39 rounds from an AK-47-style rifle. A mass shooting like the attack in which an individual like the shooter uses a firearm like the rifle to inflict catastrophic harm on parties like the plaintiffs is a natural and foreseeable consequence of defendants' violations of the relevant standard of care, according to the lawsuit. The suits are seeking a jury trial, but they did not specify the damages they are seeking. A House oversight panel on Tuesday subpoenaed gunmaker Smith & Wesson for documents on the manufacture and sale of AR-15-style semi-automatic rifles after its CEO refused to appear for a hearing on the firearms frequently used in mass shootings. The House probe found that five major gunmakers took in a combined total of $1 billion in revenue from the weapons over the last decade. And they were, at times, marketed as a way for young men to prove their masculinity, even as they became a weapon of choice for mass shooters. A mass shooting that killed seven people and injured three dozen dozen others at a July 4th parade in the Chicago suburb of Highland Park was carried out with a Smith & Wesson's M&P 15 semi-automatic rifle. CEO Mark P. Smith originally agreed to testify last week before the Committee on Oversight and Reform, along with the heads of two other companies, but pulled out five days before. Democratic Chair Carolyn Maloney of New York said in a statement, the company also hasn't provided all the information and documents, including data about the sales of its AR-15-style firearms asked for in its investigation into gun manufacturers, she said. The subpoena also seeks the Massachusetts company's internal communications around mass shooting. A lawsuit against Glock from a victim of the April subway shooting in New York City will likely be pending on several appeals, court decision on a gun industry challenge to New York's law allowing suits against gun companies based on so-called public nuisance violations. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a funny thing seems to be happening within inflation. Companies are using inflation as cover for outrageous price increases that have little to do with actual inflation. Consider a water or electric utility that is directly impacted by rising costs of natural gas and oil. To stay solvent, the utility must pass along their higher energy costs to customers. Okay, we get it. Higher input costs, such as energy and shipping, are passed along to the customer. But what about auto and property insurance? Exactly what inputs costs justify jacking up auto insurance by 14% or property insurance by 20%? Does insurance consume high quantities of energy and is therefore exposed to higher fuel costs and container rates from Asia? No. 
Did higher energy costs trigger massive increases in auto or property claims? No. Readers report getting huge increases in insurance coverage that are quickly rescinded once the reader called their agent and said they're dropping the policies due to the crazy price increases. Voila, the increases go away. Mm-hmm. In other words, inflation is an ideal cover for corporations, landlords, vendors, etc., to jack up prices and see if they stick. If unwary customers just pay the new price, then instant increase in pure profit. Dropping the jacked-up prices when a few frugal customers complain is a small price to pay for the gravy train generated by customers passively accept every increase as inflation they can't do anything about. Also, hearing of short-term vacation rentals doubling their daily fee overnight, resorts jacking up their daily rates by 50% or more, and other aggregarious examples of jacking up prices and seeing what sticks. Maybe real input costs have risen 10% due to energy, health care, wages, etc., but this provides an excuse for raising prices 20% or more. Inflation is a great cover for profiteering. The post-lockdown spending spree of consumers going wild offered a golden opportunity for seeing what other skims and scams will stick. In what qualifies as a parody come to life, a luxury automaker is trying to turn seat warmers into a monthly subscription. That's ridiculous. <laughs> if that sticks, why not make the engine a subscription too? Did global corporations finally catch on to big tech's gravy train? of turning ownership into subscriptions. The problem for global corporations feasting on inflation, profiteering, is that the vast majority of customers can't afford another lavish vacation, overpriced vehicle, or a subscription. Their, their desperate desire to splurge has emptied their coffers. And so once the current splurge fails, there won't be a secondary wave of splurging that will buy regardless of the price. Frugality will transition from an option to a necessity. And as that transition is reflected in plummeting demand, consumer inflation will drop as tapped-out buyers go on strike, voluntarily or involuntarily. We are requesting... adjudications from the righteous judge concerning concerning the government the German government government may tax individuals with high carbon footprints at heavier rates than their fellow co-friendly citizens activities that could trigger a higher tax rate as reported by the German media outlets include driving gasoline-powered or large cars, engaging in frequent air travel, and living in a large place of residence. (laughs) The policy enjoys support from the country's left-wing Federal Minister of Economic Affairs and Climate Protection, 
Robert Habeck, who recently floated a climax tax on new car registrations according to a strategy paper by the government agency obtained by German News. The government described the tax initiative as a CO2-dependent climate tax for new car registrations. So as a result, e-cars are cheaper than the respective combustion cars. The vice president of Germany's federal parliament echoed the proposal, emphasizing how basing taxes on citizens' environmental impact was imperative to advancing goals of social justice. My goodness. As a newspaper explained in reference to Eckhart's proposal, therefore in the future those who cause a particularly large amount of climate-damaging CO2 should be taxed more. You know, I wonder how much they're going to tax God since he was the one that made CO2 to begin with. Have you ever thought about that? I wonder how much they're going to tax him. For example, with a large apartment, two cars, or permanent air travel, she she demanded, a temporary wealth levy would also be conceivable. We need a new justice contract. In the future, social justice will no longer be separate from climate justice. Ha ha! Companies have to check whether they can turn down the heating and air conditioning in the offices and workshops. The same applies to public buildings, golf clubs, or fun pools. So blame the potential levying of new taxes on the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine. The climate crisis will demand many more restrictions from us, she emphasized. The German government floating a potential environmental tax follows concern over left-wing and globalist advocacy groups such as the World Economic Forum, exploiting COVID-19 and the climate to implement their Great Reset Agenda. The group seeks to abolish property ownership at its core, summarizing this objective through its controversial expression, you will own nothing and be happy. Mm -hmm. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the Biden Justice Department announced Tuesday It is suing the state of Idaho over its new law banning most abortions. The suit promises to be the first in a series of actions the DOJ will take to try to limit the impact of the U.S. Supreme Court's Dobson versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization decision in June that overturned the 1973 case Roe versus Wade. In Roe, justices had created a national right to obtain an abortion. The Idaho law bans all abortions except in cases of rape or incest that are reported to law enforcement or when the physician determines in his good faith medical judgment and based on the facts known to the physician at the time that the abortion was necessary to prevent the death pregnant woman. Attorney General Merrick Garland argued at a news conference on Tuesday that the federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act supersedes the new Idaho law, which is set to take effect on August 25th. 
When a hospital determines that an abortion is the medical treatment necessary to stabilize a patient's emergency medical condition, it is required by federal law to provide that treatment, Garland said, although the Idaho law provides an exception to prevent the death of a pregnant woman. It includes no exception for cases in which the abortion is necessary to prevent serious jeopardy to the woman's health, he added. Garland further alleged that the Idaho law would be would subject doctors to arrest and criminal prosecution, even if they performed an abortion to save a woman's life. Huh. Well, the law specifically identifies saving the life of a mother as an exception to the abortion ban. The statute also gives doctors fairly wide latitude to make a good faith judgment, whether an abortion is required to save the life of the mother. So Garland is grandstanding on the issue, trying to play the part of the supposed voice of reason. In a news-tweeted response, Joe Biden is suing to block Idaho's abortion ban, falsely claiming it prevents treatment in medical emergencies. Every single abortion ban nationwide allows treatment for miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, and to protect the mother's life. Garland signaled the DOJ will be filing other suits aimed at trying to undermine state pro-life laws. On the day Roe and Casey were overturned, we promised that the Justice Department will work tirelessly to protect and advance reproductive freedom. Well, if you kill it, what are you reproducing? Garland said in a Tuesday news release. That is what we are doing, and that is what we will continue to do, he continued. We will use every tool at our disposal to ensure that pregnant women get the emergency medical treatment to which they are entitled under federal law. And we will closely scrutinize state abortion laws to ensure that they comply with federal law. Last month, that Texas sued the Biden administration over over new Department of Health and Human Services guidance requiring providing stabilizing care of the mother. That's a lot to read at once. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning former President Carter and former White House Chief of Staff James Baker calling for reforms to the 1887 law that governs the counting of electoral college votes, arguing that the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot is the latest example of why change is necessary, really. Those two published in the Wall Street Journal on Monday evening provide support to ongoing negotiations being led. You see, they got their little act together. One does one thing and then the other does the other thing. Senators Susan Collins, a Republican in Maine, and Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, to reform the Electoral Count Act in the wake of the Capitol riot. When then Vice President Mike Pence was pressured to exploit the statute's ambiguities to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. The threat of confusion remains, Carter and Baker wrote. Left unclosed, loopholes in the act could allow a repeat of the same destructive path that occurred in 2021. Outlets have reported that the bipartisan group of senators is expected to release their proposed reforms this week. 
The piece by Carter, a Democratic president and baker who served chief of staff under Presidents Reagan and George H.W. Bush, highlights that bipartisan support. We stand on opposite sides of the partisan divide. Not really. But we believe it is better to search for solutions together than to remain divided, the two wrote. That sounds real poetic. This is particularly true of a vexing problem that could wreak havoc during, ah, mm-hmm, this is the plan, that could wreak havoc during the 2024 presidential election, the inadequacy of the Electoral Count Act of 1887. It's been working all this time. Carter and Baker called the act potentially unconstitutional, antiquated, and muddled, pointing to efforts by a limited number of lawmakers who attempted to mount objections to the Electoral College votes after the 2000, 2004, and 2016 elections. The act became law 10 years after several states submitted competing slates of electoral votes during the disputed Reconstruction-era election of 1876, they wrote. It spawned no controversy for the next 30 presidential elections. Weakness in the law started to become apparent after the 2000 election. Mm. But perhaps most notable is the 2020 election, when Trump and his allies pressured Pence to overturn the election results. In his role as president of the Senate on January 6, 2021, when the Electoral College votes were counted, in a now infamous memo written by Attorney John Eastman, he outlined a strategy for Pence to block the counting of votes from states in which Trump was putting forth unfounded, which pretty much had been proven now, claims of election fraud. Pence ultimately rejected that he had the authority to do so, but the developments have led some lawmakers to draw concerns over how the law could be exploited in the future. The need to reform the Electoral Count Act is too great for our elected leaders to get bogged down in the zero-sum game of politics which characterizes Washington today, Carter and Baker wrote. Collins and Manchin's proposal is expected to set a deadline for when states can change their rules, clarify that states cannot choose their electors after Election Day, create more stringent requirements for Congress to object to the certification of a state electors and clarify that the vice president's role is ceremonial with no power to reject electors. The proposed bill will also address the Presidential Transition Act, which governs the transfer of power between Election Day and Inauguration, and includes some changes to how the Postal Service operates in an election. Did I tell you all that the Postal Service uh, has been given money by the President administration to make this a uh, whole new, uh, almost an agency within the Postal Service to handle um, election ballots? Well, they did. Okay, now you know. I didn't remember to tell you about that sooner, but that's life. I can't remember everything, but I try. The bill is going to hit the high notes and offer dramatic improvement and clarity on how we administer elections, said Derek T. Muller, professor of law at the University of Iowa, 
who's been advising negotiators on the legislation. Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, who has been involved in the talk, said, the hardest issue to resolve is how to handle disputes over alleged election irregularities. What is the right venue? How do you go about adjudicating it, expedite it, that sort of thing, Tillis said. Adding this and all other outstanding issues have that all all other outstanding issues have been worked out. The legislation is a far cry from the expansive changes to voting rules that Democrats tried to pass this Congress and said were needed to combat voting restrictions in GOP-controlled states. But their efforts were stymied first by Republican opposition and then earlier this year by a Democratic senator in Arizona and Manchin who objected to changing the Senate filibuster rule to pass the voting package, frustrating Democrats and many election watchdogs. But election law experts agree clarifying the Electoral Count Act is necessary. Well, my, that's a lot. That's a very lot. But, Lord... I will say this one thing. If this supported uh, clarification actually stems from uh, a desire through the enemy to manipulate, you know how to adjudicate it all. Amen? You know what to do. Isn't that right, Brother Marshall? Amen. He certainly does. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're in charge. The most high rule, rules in the kingdom of men, give it to whomsoever he will. <clears throat> Have your way in all these different situations. Pastor Sabrina's just read through, Father, in Jesus' name. And we give you praise and honor and glory. We give Jesus all power in heaven and earth. And he's the one who's going to make all these decisions because he's the son of man. He knows what it's like to be a man because he came in the flesh. But he's also the son of God. And he only wants to please the Father. So he's doing exactly what's right. He's the holy one and the just. No one is holy and no one is just without the blood of Jesus. And Jesus came to purchase us, to make us peculiar purchased people, changed, not to be the people we, we were originally brought into the world as, but the generational iniquity spirits. We thank you, Father God, you know how to change us all. And you say in Jeremiah 23, starting verse 5, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will raise up, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And we thank you for those two scriptures, those two verses in Jeremiah 23, Father. We thank you, Jesus. You're the one who's called the Lord, our righteousness. How does anybody become righteous? And they believe on the blood of the covenant. You didn't just shed your blood because it was a nice little religious thing to do. People had to grab their bootstraps and work their way to heaven. You came to draw us with your loving kindness. That even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We're just as if we never sinned once we've repented of our sins and we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, even as Pastor Sabrina talked about the scripture in Isaiah, Karatabha 45, Karatabha said at verse 22, he said, look unto me, Karatabha said, that word is Isaiah 45, 
got to do it down the way. Because we, we can look on everything that the devil's trying to do down here. He's all jumping up and down. Hey, look at me, look at me. I'm trying to here to make you scared. I'm trying to here to distract you from the love of the, the love of your life, the one who loves you perfectly. You said in Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth, righteousness, and shall not return that unto me, how many knees? Oh, 20%? No. Unto me every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. All those in Scientology, all those in the Masonic Lodge, all those in every different cult, all those in Islam that say God is no son, all those people are going to have to say, Oh, there is a God who created all of us. People from the, the World Economic Forum are going to say, you mean, oh, we're not gods? Well, we thought we can just blend human beings with AI, and then we can give you our form of eternal life when your your consciousness can continue uh, blended with a computer, even though your body goes into the dust. We thought we could we can fool people and say, oh, we have a wonderful plan for you. You're going to be so happy. Of course, we're going to take whatever you own, whether it's your real estate, whether it's your vehicles, whether it's your peace of mind. We're going to take everything that you thought you owned like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you can't take that. No, we thank you, Lord. No one can take that from us, Father God. We thank you for that amazing grace. We thank you for that extraordinary, extraordinary grace that you chose us even before the foundation of the world and are drawing each of us afresh and the many, many in the valley of decision, even as uh, Carolyn was saying, drawing many in the valley of decision to the lover of their souls, Father God, that they can say, oh, like it says in Jeremiah 31, and we're, no, Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Because we don't live by bread alone. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word is unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Because you said you love us perfectly, Lord. You really, really do. You have plans for our peace and not for evil. And then it says in Jeremiah 33, 16, For she, the bride of Christ, is called by thy name, the Lord, our righteousness. And that's the female version of the one that I read before in Jeremiah 23, 6. So you're the one who's going to make all these determinations, Jesus, concerning all these adjudications. And we bring them before your throne of grace, Father God, as we come before you in time of need with a big brother, Jesus, concerning trying to blame the manufacturers of the firearms, including these people from Roma, Romar, Mar, whatever it is, uh, that we're in uh, Vermont and, and uh, other areas. And, and we thank you, Father God, for your divine adjudication. You know what's right. You know where they're, they're trying to, you know, they sell different things. They sell vehicles to say, hey, you got this, you got this shiny car. You're going to have the babies dropping all around you. Oh, isn't he cute? I like his car. Well, some people think maybe that can track people with firearms. I don't think so, but I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. A lot of things I don't know, Lord, but you know everything. We know people using advertising, they use a lot of deceitful practices to get people to buy their products. A little talcum is always welcome. Isn't that a nice little phrase we heard once? Well, there's some manufacturers, like some pharmaceutical companies, that made a talcum that had stuff in it that gave people some kind of cancer. And so when they were not allowed to sell it in this country anymore, oh, did they, their conscience was pricked? Did they say, oh, we're going to have to stop selling it everywhere? No, they just shipped it to South America. Because they really care about people? Or do they care about 
what? The bottom line and the financial return? We bind that spirit of mammon, the spirit of kind of a greed and corruption, whether it's operating through firearms manufacturers, people who make uh, about that, vehicles or any other thing in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit of greed and corruption, Father God, in Jesus' name. We bind you, Satan, in the mind binder. We cancel your assignments to all these different situations that Dr. Sabrina just read through, including those that are trying to bring about con- uh, limitations of the Second Amendment because it's part of the Constitution, which some people in in uh, positions of authority, maybe the puppet masters, are trying to pretend like it exists, like the Constitution, they're really concerned about it, except what? Are we really under the Constitution? I don't know. There's two different, there's the Constitution of 1776, and Pat Holliday said that Donald Trump at one point said, hey, we're back under that again, because we used to be under what the Corporation of the United States of America, when it's all written in bold letters, and they had changed one word in it. I forget which one it was. The corporation of the of the United States or corporate anyway. Father God, we know that Pat Holiday reported all these things out, and I've heard them from other people too, Father God. We ask for your divine adjudication for all these things, Father God. It just kind of looks to me, but I don't know, Father. But you know everything. All things like Pat, Pat like Sabrina just mentioned recently in um Hebrews kind of what about that about it there. Twelve Hebrews 4.12, no, 4.4, it's right after 4.12, 4.13. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You know what's going on. The Holy Ghost knows everything everybody's thinking and why they're thinking it and who's controlling them. So, Father God, if you can save any of the souls of those that have bowed their knees to Satan in some way, Father God, at the Masonic Lodge or other areas, Father God, that bowed their knees to the World Economic Forum, or any of these groups, Father God, that are trying to control people against their will. Some people in the World Economic Forum says they think it's silly that people think they can have free will because they think with their blending of human tissue with AI, maybe using the injections and a few other things, that they can control everybody in their moods and their thoughts and just make them go along like nice little dumbed-down slaves. So, Father God, we ask for your divine adjudication and complete deliverance. You said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, in Psalm 50, verse 15. And we're calling upon your holy, holy, holy name, Lord Jesus. The na- Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus in your name. At your name, Lord Jesus, every knee must bow, and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And every witchcraft curse from all sources being sent against us through the news media, through the so-called politicians, the people acting like politicians. Some of them are just actors that are paid to do things, maybe Biden's double, and all these different people. We cut about that book. We bind every spirit of greed and corruption, and every witchcraft curse sent against every one of us that are members of the body of Christ and those coming into the body of Christ returned at least sinful, continued repetition on the heads of the demons, the heads of the spirits to do to them what they intended to do to us. At least sevenfold, continued repetitions. Because Jesus said, whatever you do the least of these, you've done it unto me. In the little children in Kentucky, every place the witchcraft has been working are returned at least simple with continual repetition. Has the spirits to do to them what they intended to do to us in Jesus' name. Render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach, where they have reproached thee, O Lord, in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Father God, for the many times we've, we know, we can see that you're exposing these things. Things that used to take a year to come out, or maybe six months, now they're taking weeks to come out. You're bringing things to light. Whether that 2,000 mules thing, you're, some people are still going along with the mainstream thing, but a large percentage of them said, you know, maybe the election wasn't that true, wasn't real. 
So we thank you for exposing it, because you said in Luke 8, 17, Jesus speaking, nothing is secret shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. So we thank you for bringing it all out into the open, Father, in Jesus' name. Bring it into the light, in Jesus' name. And you said in Proverbs 6, starting at verse 30, men do not despise a thief. Who's trying to steal from the body of Christ? No own nothing? Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul and is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house, including from all those spirits of sorcery, from constantly hearing the same droning thing. Uh, be boosted, be vaxxed, it's the only safe way. Uh, Fauci's right, everybody else is wrong, even though Fauci contradicts himself. Even though, kind of said, who are the Burke and others say, well, I man, it's not quite right. Father God, we thank you for bringing these things to light from people that really do know what's going on, the Dr. Malone's in the world and the others that actually know what's going on, Father God. We ask for adjudication in everyone in these situations, including trying to use inflation as an excuse to just ratchet up prices. Yes, general inflation apparently has been reported as going up a little less than 10%, but we know some areas, wasn't gasoline less than $2 a gallon not that long ago? I have a feeling that's more than doubled in the last few years. And it did start before Russia had anything to do with Ukraine, other than the fact that Ukraine is actually technically a part of Russia. I mean, it's always been historically. Because that was said, of course, that. So, Father God, it started long before the so-called Russian invasion. They were pushed to it by the, whatever, the West. But, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for exposing these things. Many people, even very progressive people, realize, well, of course, of course, as soon as Biden got into office, he had all these executive orders, and they closing down pipelines. The Keystone Pipeline was shut down, and all these things, and then closing off the drilling rights. And why is that? He didn't like America to be energy independent, did he? Could he be perhaps beholden to a communist country, perhaps in the East, that um, maybe gave him uh, some... Uh, Influence to be able to get into the White House. Supposedly, he does most of his screenshots in a stage that's set so that doesn't even look like it's that pretend it's the White House. So we ask you, thank you. We thank you for exposing these things, Father God. You may not see it on CNN, but their ratings are dropping like a rock. We thank you, Father God, that people are looking for the truth. Many, many, many in the Valley Decision. Thank you for raising up the people, the farmers in different nations, the many people that are raising up, the truckers and the different people to raise up and say, wait a minute. Who's taking away our funds up in Canada? Why do they want to do that? Why do they want to control us? Why do they want to say, hey, you can't, you can't uh, go against our, our autocratic rule because we have only what's best for you. And so the blending of the corporations working together with the selected or with the elected governmental people, Father God, trying to ramp up prices. We thank you, Father God, for the insights that Sabrina, Pastor Sabrina has given us in these situations, Father God. There's some people don't just take it lying down. They say, wait a minute, you can't uh, 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 suddenly double my, my uh, insurance rate overnight. What did I do? You know, I didn't have a fire in the house or I didn't have a flood. And we, Father God, we thank you that even with these strange things that are happening with the droughts and the fires and, and the floods and all that stuff, Many people don't want to look at the, the insights some people have, like some of the scientists that are trying to get the truth out there that are being hidden and squelched, like what's that called, um, geoengineeringwatch.org. 
It's not a fun thing to look at. In fact, it's very challenging. But I do thank you for Tammy's awesome praise report, Father God. Praise report. Even as you taught Pat Holiday, some people, when they were seeing the chemtrails born, they just said, I bind you in Jesus' name. Some of the planes disappeared because they weren't actual physical planes. They were Satan's little minions or his little chariots. We don't know what they were, Father. But they plain old disappeared. But we thank you for Tammy's awesome praise report, Father God. I don't think Brother Bill had a chance to go through the praise report. It's a wonderful praise report that she said, Father, I don't like to see these things that are coming in the clouds. I don't like to see the strange clouds that are going crisscrossy like tic-tac-toe in the sky. That are not normal chemtrails. They just linger and linger and linger. They didn't used to do that many years ago. What's going on? Are they putting uh, different things like aluminum microscopic particles in there? It's being ejected from the planes? And she, Father, asked you to cause this machinery that's causing the things to be ejected from the planes and maybe even from the planes that aren't piloted by human beings, <clears throat> to cause those planes to, no, no, to malfunction and not spew poisons into the, into the atmosphere anymore. And we, you ask, we ask, and I'm in agreement with Tammy's prayer, wonderful prayer, we're all in agreement, Father God, that the ones that are being piloted by human beings, Father God, that you'll send the Holy Ghost to bring conviction to those parts. Say, wait a minute, what am I doing? I know they don't know the whole picture. They're standing paid to do their job. I was only following orders. Father, that they'll wake up and say, why am I doing this job? Going up there and, 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 and spewing out dangerous things, whether it's barium or whether it's aluminum or other things, into the atmosphere to try and change things. And those people are doing things to reduce the amount of CO2. Now, who needs CO2? Plants need carbon dioxide. Why do plants need carbon dioxide? Because it's like their breath, just like human beings and animals and birds and things. They need what? Oxygen. Things that are not in the sea, but even fishes in the sea, they need oxygen that's diffused into the water. But things that are alive, even fish have gills, and they get oxygen. So, Father God, we need oxygen. Where did the oxygen come from? Oh, it comes from the plants when they're doing the photosynthesis thing. Father God, and does anybody need plants for anything? Mm, let's see now. Where do, where do animals get their food from? They get it from plants. Where do people get their food from? A lot of people get food from plants, but some people get food from animals. Some people have been known to eat chicken meat and other type of animals. Some people even eat, you know, flounder or, or salmon or some kind of fish and other things like that, Father God. And where do they need? They need to have plankton. They need to have all these things. And Father God, when they're putting stuff in the clouds, they're trying to mimic a volcano that just covered the sky so everything's turned dark so the sunlight can't get through. How do the plants produce the food? How do they do these things, Father God? We ask for a divine adjudication in every one of these areas, Father God, including them. They're trying to steer the weather patterns. We know they've done this before, before Father God, with hurricanes. They try to steer these storms, Father God. And we know we've had presidents. Lyndon Johnson talked about this openly. Al Gore talked about it openly, publicly. Father God, that, that will be the, the, the weapon they're trying to use in the, in, the, in, the, in the high levels. If you can control the weather, you control all kinds of things. And so while they're trying to steer and control the weather, putting stuff in the clouds, and I thank you, we're all in agreement with Tammy's prayers, that you bring conviction to those pilots that are putting their chemicals in the sky, Father God. You'll break the mechanisms being used to spray those things, and you'll clear the sky, just like you did for Tammy in less than 10 minutes or whatever it was she said. It's awesome, Father, and you're no respecter of persons. What you've done for one, you'll do for another. We thank you for hearing Tammy's prayer. We are all in agreement, Father God, in Jesus' name. And I, I don't know much, Father God, but I thank you that you taught Pat Holiday. If we can just bind the spirits putting chemtrails up there, and some of them are not even physical planes, 
We thank you, Father God, for delivering us from every attack and while in the scheme of them. You said no weapon formed against us will prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. And we continue to speak blindness to God's enemy, mutinous to God's enemy, and they only hear what Jesus wants them to hear pertain to each and every one of us. We close every star gate, every portal in Jesus' name, trying to affect, trying to bring in things from the second heavens in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, for raising us up together with Christ Jesus, that we're seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, Father. Because we're not just, yes, we're down here in the physical, but who's our life? Christ is our life. And where is Christ? Oh, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And is he ever living to make intercession for us? Yes, 24-7. He doesn't have to take a nap. He can do it all the time. And he is ever living to make intercession for us. And you said in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. <clears throat> but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved. Hath raised us up together and made us sit where? Together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And they that do know thy name will put their trust in thee, Lord. You will not forsake them that seek thee. And your name is written in blood. I am that I am. That's the door. You're the only gate, Lord Jesus. You're the only door to heaven. There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's the name. Every knee must bow. Satan's knee must bow. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He meant to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. And Jesus says in John chapter 17, beginning of chapter, Father, I finished the work thou gave us me to do. In verse 4, it is finished. He finished the work. We We just have to go in and take the promised land, just like the Israelites did, following their human leader, and we have a supernatural leader. His name is Jesus. He's the Lord of hosts, and he's, he doesn't pick sides. He loves every human being. He does bow, expects people to bow their knee to him because they will. Even people who don't have knees, God will give them knees so they can bow their knee to Jesus. People who are born with, with missing limbs because kind of what they, you can do exceeding and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. We give you praise and honor and glory for doing so. In the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe like it says in Proverbs 18.10. So we come into you, Lord Jesus, into that holy, holy, holy name. And Satan, you're bound, all your underlings are bound from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, no further flow of power communication from the demons of greed, corruption, Leviathan, every spirit of idolatry, every spirit of mass psychosis, every spirit of mind control, every, you the mind blinder are bound, you the eye blocker are bound, every one of your spirits seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, every spirit of Zeus is bound, every spirit trying to bring about Killing, stealing, destroying through every every imaginable way, whether it's nuclear war. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. You, Satan, are bound. You and all your underlings are bound, including every spirit of fear of rejection. But they won't like me if I don't do what they, they want me to at the bank and, and give them my cell phone information. Well, who do we want to track and trace us? Do we want them to track and trace us? I don't know. Help us to be wise as servant, harmless as dove, Father, in Jesus' name. You say then, every one of your stealing, corrupted spirits are perpetually, continually bound, including those trying to get rid of the Second Amendment, try, those trying to change the, change the freedom of the people, not just in the United States, every nation, including Germany, to be able to have the vehicle of their own choice. Well, maybe they'd rather have a diesel car, or most of the taxis over there at least used to be diesel, why? Because they have engines that last a long time, and they're very efficient. In fact, they don't have huge batteries that have to be replaced. They have a lot of lithium in them that have to be mined by, by slaves 
kind of the, over in China or some other place, Father God, where they're mostly Christian slaves. They're forced to do these things. Father, we ask for your divine adjudication in every one of these areas, Father God, in Jesus' name, because these so-called green, eco-friendly products, um, they profit the CCP, but they don't necessarily profit this land. And, Father God, we know that this whole thing about they used to call it climate warming, and they call it just climate change because they, they, they know it's being vacillating back and forth. And, yes, there's a change, but who's bringing it about? It's not the people that are driving uh, big diesel buses or trucks or whatever. No, no, no. It's being brought about by what? The climate engineers and the governments that are trying to bring about change with HARP. We bind, Father, we ask you to send your angels to break those machines they're trying to use to control those things. And we thank you, Father God, that recently that apparently was a huge, they need a lot of power for those things, to be able to take all those metal particles in the clouds and be able to control them and steer them and change the weather patterns, Father God. And they need a lot of power. And somebody cut a cable to one, I think it was underneath the, the North Sea or something, to take the cable to, to Norway, where one of those heart machines was, Father God. So they couldn't keep directing that energy at that... Uh, erupting volcano in the Canary Islands where they showed very clearly they were trying to cause that thing to have a huge piece of it break off the size of Manhattan and bring a tsunami against the East Coast. We thank you, Father God, that, that some people are working on our behalf. We thank you for raising up the people, even the people that, that helped uh, give Pastor Pulowski a little bit of liberty in Canada. He's still under house arrest, but at least he's not under the same draconian thing he was before. And we thank you, Father God, you're able to set all the captives free. That's why Jesus came, to set the captives free, including those that are controlled in their minds by just believing the mainstream news media psychological warfare operations. We thank you for setting all the captives free, Father God, in Jesus' name. We ask you to set all those free from the mind control, uh, trying to say, oh, the people in Idaho, they're terrible. They want women to have no health care rights for their, for their women. Uh, no then maybe think babies are real people, too. You know, some of those babies are female babies. They don't even really know the, the, the so-called uh, super liberals. They don't really know what a woman is versus a man. They think so many, so many they don't realize because they're so confused. We bind that spirit of confusion. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace is in all the churches. Every spirit of confusion trying to bring about division, because that's all they're trying to bring about, uh, civil war and division. We bind every spirit trying to bring about civil war and division to the body of Christ globally in Jesus' name. And we continue to speak confusion, division of the enemy's camp, division and confusion of the enemy's camp, division and confusion to the enemy's camp in Jesus' name. You, Satan, and the mind blinder are perpetually, continually bound in Jesus' name. And it is written in Mark chapter 3, beginning at verse 26. Jesus says, if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. Satan, your end is coming quickly. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, then he will spoil his house. You, Satan, you, the strong man, the mind blinder, are perpetually, continually bound. And you're under the feet of Jesus, because the Lord Jesus says unto us, as blood-bought sons and daughters of the Most High God, as joined heirs with Christ, according to Romans uh, chapter 8, Verses, cut about said, but I get that, 14 to 17, is joined heirs with Christ. And Jesus said, Thou shalt decree a thing, shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways, as joined heirs with Christ. In Job, cut about the record, but I got that, but I got 22, 28. You, Satan, are perpetually, continually bound. You, the mind blind, are bound. You, the eye blocking spirits, are bound. You, the spirit of, of insanity and confusion, cut about that, sending against the body of Christ, are bound. But there's confusion into your camp, confusion into your camp. All those global elites fighting against themselves, fighting against themselves 
in Jesus' name. I know they're, they're vying for control. They want to control people to bring them into their version of the fourth industrial revolution. We bind every one of those spirits are trying to control people against their will. Of course, the, the World Economic Forum said, well, you won't have the ability to make your own choices because we're going to do that for you as, us, as little gods. We bind that spirit of idolatry. The spirit of pharmacia, sorcery, and witchcraft is bound coming from the pharmaceutical industry and all their vested interests, including the people that gave, what was it, a million dollars to Biden and a million dollars to Trump from Pfizer. Is Trump flawless? No, he's a human being just like the rest of us. Could he be used of God to help write things? He could. So, Father, we ask for your divine help and adjudication that we don't look to any man to deliver us. We look to the creator of heaven and earth in Jesus' name because there are people that are Kind of a, they think, well, you know, they've got so many billions of dollars. They think they're kind of puffed up with pride. But you can even save the wealthy people, Father God. You said you can. You can do exceeding abundantly more than we can ask or imagine, Father, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for helping kind of a, those people, Father God, that can repent to receive the gift of repentance. I don't know if Trump needs it. He, he's been at least softening his stance on the vaccine, Father God, to say that, that for when I've heard that the, the military people that refuse to get it, Father God, they'll be given back paying, brought right back into the military when he's back in office. And he doesn't say when that's going to be. He's not said he's running in 2024. Father God, we ask for your divine help and adjudication in every one of these situations, including this business, are trying to about, bring about kind of about that about today. But President Sabrina read about with uh, former Vice President Carter and Chief of Staff James Baker. Because Pat Holliday said there's not a nickel's worth of difference between Republicans and Democrats. Most of the, the Republicans are rhinos, Republican in name only, and the Democrats, they all, most of them have gone to Bohemian Grove. Maybe not. I don't know if Hillary did. That's not supposed to just be for men. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, most of these have, have bowed their knees to very dark things, Father God. And we ask for your help, Father God. Those that have been exposing these things, including Alex Jones, Father God, those that are being unjustly accused, Father God, in Jesus' name, those that have been thrown in prison, like Dr. Simone Gold, (laughs) what did she do that was so terrible? She helped people, Father God, as an emergency room doctor. She helped people as a lawyer to get to know the truth, Father God, by by establishing the different things to stand for the truth, Father God. We ask you to bring about, kind of of about the release from the prisoners, Father God, in Jesus' name, and we thank you for doing so, because Jesus came for that purpose, Father. He made it really, really clear in Luke Where's that? Luke chapter 4. Help me, Father, in Jesus' name. Sorry, I haven't memorized that yet. Help me to hide your word in my heart. All of us to hide your word in our heart. Then we will not sin against you. And no one, Godly Spirit, may snatch away a single word of the true and living God from any one of our hearts and minds in Jesus' name. He says, Behold, Amos, you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise the Lord. And Jesus says in Luke 4 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord. Heal the brokenhearted in Kentucky and wherever they are, Lord. And those in Germany and every nation, Father God. Those in the Netherlands, those in Australia, every nation, Father God. To heal the brokenhearted, those in Africa and different nations, Father God. To preach deliverance to the captives, to recover the sight of the blind. To set and liberty to the free. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That little scripture that
Lord, and it's up to the death of the world. And though I quench you, I bow to you. In verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 61.
Translating us into your kingdom in Jesus' name, the Lord of the name, Jesus' name, amen.